Round one, go. All right, better than slow roasted, slow smoked barbecue and far less carcinogenous, whatever that means. It's Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, who wouldn't even try saying that word on Doug and Marty versus the world. Carcinogenous? Yeah, welcome to another Saturday with these two yahoos on the radio. Right? I love barbecue. It's too bad it's not good for you. So you shouldn't eat it. That's like everything else, right? You shouldn't eat it every day. Wait. You said barbecue is not good for you. I don't, I, I truly well, the smoke. Okay. okay. Apparently the smoke, if you put the smoke in there and uh, you know, you get the smoke in there, it could potentially leave things in there that are less than uh, healthy. I don't so, know. And I, you know, I'm thinking about hell. Are you thinking about how I did you got, you got some, I'm sure you have a few New Year's resolutions. Are you hitting the gym or whatever? I am. And we have been actually, we started before. It, it may not show it yet, but definitely getting stronger. Oh, you're looking and, good, bro. And working on getting a little bit of a few LBs I don't want anymore. But, uh, you know, I, I like the fact that we're at a place in time where we're going to the gym on a regular basis. And I don't have noodle arms anymore. I mean, I actually left some weights, which is nice. I'm like, oh, sweet. That's dude. a side benefit, right? We'll throw down, do an arm wrestling contest on the break. That'd there we great. go. I'm sure you'll win because you're six foot two and I'm not. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a, it's the 18th of January this Saturday. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like the month is half gone. And I'm, I'm you know, it's it's almost like, there's a concerted effort by the devil to keep you from starting something, right? So here in the in the Puget Sound area, the Seattle area, you know, we have a little bit of snow and ice and stuff like that. And everybody's like, yay, I don't have to start my New Year's resolutions yet because I've got an excuse. You know, the ex- in, in our culture, it's just weird. But in our culture, it's like the excuse is just as good as getting the result, right? You're late for work, right? What are you doing? The whole time you're making up an excuse, right? Because if the mm-hmm. excuse is good enough, it's just as good as being on time. There, my parents used to say, if you're late, you don't respect the time of people that are waiting for you. And and, I'm, and in some cases, that's probably true. We're not thinking at that subconscious level. But to your point, you're right. When you think about it, how many times have I heard and I and have said, "Hey, that's a great reason not to be on my diet or not in the gym." It's Christmas. Oh, it's New Year's. And then, of course, for my company, I had a convention in Atlanta. While I'm in Atlanta, oh, well, I can start again when I get back, right? And then, of course, then now uh, on Monday of this, you know, a couple of days from now, we have Martin Luther King Day, right? A day off. Probably not a day to skip your diet. But the point is, it's like there's always a lot of things around this time of year that could be used as a reason not to follow through on your commitment. So. Yeah, I think Martin Luther King Day is a great day to have a complete uh, turkey feast with stuffing and everything, you know. Sure, of course, right? There we go, right? It's not normally one of the holidays we pick for that, but um, yeah, it's, it's what I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm done with excuses. I'm going to do I'm going to do activity. 2020 is my year to get busy, to be diligent, to you know, to work at stuff. I have a gym membership now for as well. I think I might have mentioned to you that to you last week, but I, you know, I have been going to the gym and and I like it because it requires me to have a little bit of accountability in my life where I have to get there. And, and the nice thing is I do it together with my bride and she is, you know, she's there. And some days it's a struggle mm-hmm. because we're like, well, whatever. Like this morning we were like, oh, it's snowing. It's what and I'm like, 
we have a four wheel drive pickup and there's less than an inch of snow. I think we're probably going to be safe. What I found and my wife and I love to work out together. Um, but we could also use each other as an excuse not to go. So uh, I encourage anybody out there who's doing the same thing or is in a, in a relationship or married and you're working out together. If you've committed to work out together and for some reason your spouse cannot make it or work in the whatever, go. And you will encourage your, your spouse to catch up and do it. Because I know with us, I'm like, oh, Lynn can't make it. We'll do it tomorrow. Or she goes, oh, Marty's going to be working late tonight. We'll do it tomorrow. No, no, go. You know, trust me, if she goes and I haven't gone yet, I'm going to make sure I do it when I get home. So it's a little, you know, couple's advice and, there, right? <laughs> it's the psychological thing. Okay. The psychological thing is the thing that you got to deal with, right? Uh, I think it was you uh, a year or two ago when you told me about the five second rule mm-hmm. where you say, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to get my sweats on. I'm going to go to the gym. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And you just do it. And it's that you don't give yourself a psychological chance roadblock to, you know, to stop. And I I see that in so many things in my life. And I'm being very transparent with our listeners today, right? That there are, you know, I mean, just putting on your running shoes can be like a roadblock. It's like, how long does it actually take? You know, like 60 seconds, right? (laughs) To do it. You're like, oh, I'm going to have to put on my shoes. I'm going to have to tie them. I'm going to have to stand up. I'm going to have to walk. You know, maybe I have to sit here and have some ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) But you use uh, Velcro, so even less than that. Oh, my gosh. Now that hurt, brother. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. We know that. But you're right, though. What's funny is we can spend a lot of time thinking about doing something instead of doing it. And a part of it is in that five-second rule really is about blasting off. Uh, getting our mind out of the way and just doing what we know is, is important. It's, it's easy to write out a schedule and a plan, but unless you follow it, it doesn't do any good. Right? Well, it's not that easy to, to write it out either, but I mean, just saying, cause I got to get a pen. I need to find some paper, <laughs> decide which book I'm going to, you see, even writing out a plan can be, you can procrastinate, you know? So, um, so, we're halfway through January. Maybe we need to make mid January resolutions to go back and do the resolutions that we haven't started yet. I'm just saying. I, I would be ag- agree with you and realizing that don't give up. Oftentimes the biggest problem we have is when we stop or we fall, we don't get back up again. We've got to get up, keep going. And so you didn't start on January 1st or December 31st or whatever. And it's January 17th. Okay. Today's day one or today's day two, whatever it may be, get going. You know, you still win the month. You can still win the year. You can still uh, win the quarter. And, and one of those things I've told my wife and my kids as well is if you can think in quarters, yes, we've got two weeks gone in the, in the year, but you still have got two and a half months left in the quarter to really hit some um, tremendous goals and readjust for the next quarter. So do it in um, four sections for the year and you'll find at the end of the year you've got a lot done so makes uh makes a lot of sense you know there's another great book that i have uh called the 12 week year so treating Mm -hmm. the quarter as the year that way whether you win whether you lose come the end of march april 1st you've got a new quarter you've got a new start and you got a new year to finish and that goes through you know june so you're you're just you're just like wow so you know these are some these are some pearls of wisdom you know, I mean, uh, given. So I have a question for you on this, you know, since 
Um, we all the news this week about, you know, the national politics and we'll get there as well. Do you think Nancy Pelosi had a New Year's resolution to actually walk over those articles of impeachment over to the Senate, you know, and she finally got around to doing it? Or was this one of those things where she just, you know, it was just too much effort or was she not going to do it? What do you think? So, you know, I, I got great. I mean, great idea. But I, I, I think in, in a lot of the ways what we're looking at is um, people want to do historic things, you know, so we've never had somebody uh, rush through these ridiculous articles of impeachment that are for supposed crimes that aren't crimes and um, and then hold them and do things like that. And so it creates, you know, it creates kind of like first time ever stuff and it creates uh, you know, a sense of history and import and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it, it could have something to do with that. Um, maybe, you know, I think the feud between the house and the Senate, I've never seen anything like that ever. And I've, you know, I've been around for a few decades mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the house, the Senate leader and the house leader calling names and all, I mean, it's, um, it's very entertaining. Well, it's funny, there used to be, and may never have really been, but at least in my perception growing up, there used to be some sort of solemnity. There used to be some kind of like um, higher regard for those that are like in the Senate and the process and our founding forefathers. And and there was sort of like there was a respect due to those that are serving in a sense. And now it seems like they're just um, playground kids that have power, that want to keep power, that want to, you know, it just, it's, they don't care what the facts are, but they just want to push forward for their political game. And of course they accuse the right of what they're doing on the left. And of course, I think the the American public, young or old, are looking at Washington, D.C. And of course, um, this week when the session started in Olympia as well, I was like, what is wrong with you people? We elected you to defend our rights, to keep and make things better, not charge us more. So we'll talk about that as well. But at the national level, literally it is partisan sort of like this grandstanding where nothing's getting done except for what the president's doing. Right. Well, personally, um, I'm good with them not doing anything because it seems like whenever they do something, it costs me more money or takes away more of my rights or whatever. Well, in so, general, yeah, I'm just it, saying it's, you know, they're talking yeah. about, oh, well, the infrastructure's crumbling and, you know, look at Europe. They're great. You know, Europe is in trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those people are in trouble. Maybe their infrastructure looks great, but they owe a lot of money on that and they haven't mm-hmm. been paying, making the payments. So um, we, you know, I, just my personal feeling is if Congress isn't doing anything, then they're not doing anything to us. <laughs> and yeah. The, the continuing so, resolutions, the fact that they could actually pass the USMCA when they saw that they hadn't done anything all year is, is eye opening. They're saying that they could be doing things that the president has actually spearheaded, promised the voters he would do. And yet he's fine. He's having to work around Congress to get things done in the midst of them trying to get rid of him in the midst of all this stuff, you know, even to the point, and our listeners will know this too, the fact that where you have the political left, the Pelosi's, the AOC's of the world, the Bernie Sanders of the world, the Cory Booker's of the world, trying to, to defend a known terrorist. And when the president took him out, it just blows me away. Well, Spartacus is out, Cory Booker's Yeah, out. no pun there about blowing me away. But literally, this guy had over 400 American lives on his hands. The president had an opportunity took him out decisively, commander in chief, 
doing a great job. And the Democrats have to defend and say, hey, we shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. No, no, no. And then you've got, you've got hundreds of thousands of Iranians coming to Christ. Yes. Yeah. You've got Iranians protesting in the street. They're, they're, they, they refuse to step on the American flag and the Israeli flag. I mean, we have friends over there. And, yep. uh, you know, we can't uh, help them if we don't help them. And uh, right now, you know, it seems like the Democrats are on the side of, you know, the oppressor and the, the big right. government thing. I mean, it, it, is, it is who they are. They think government is the answer. They think government is the solution. And so anytime we go against government, of course, then we're treasonous and things like, you know, just ask Matt Shea, he'll tell you. Yeah, anyway, exactly right. we'll talk about coming later. back after the break, I promise. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the US, I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at easyyoutubeads.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. Easyyoutubeads.com, no experience necessary. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the U.S., I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. All right, it's round two, and uh, I don't have the flu, and I'm not going to get it, and uh, how about you, and uh, I love Jesus, yes I do, I love Jesus in round two, Uh, how about you, Uh, this is Doug Bassler. <laughs> I drive a red truck too. No, this is Marty McClendon. <laughs> Doug and Marty versus the world. Welcome Your red back truck's prettier this. than mine. That's not nah, fair. I just, had one first. You did. And a different red as well. You have a pretty red. So, uh, in fact, many of our listeners, if they're looking at, will probably may see my red truck over there in Eastern Washington this weekend. So, what are you going to do uh, over there, bro? I'm uh, going to pick up a puppy. I know, oh I know you're my gosh, crazy, another right? dog. Another dog. You're a dog guy. I, I, I think guy. it's okay, but if, if you if you start to collect cats and you get more than three and no, we no, have to no. start calling you the cat man <laughs> or the oh, cat one cat, lady, that's, all, that's the limit of our cats. But oh my gosh, two dogs pretty soon. So 
Anyway, and, and everybody's so, got a weakness. I know, I know. Dogs. You need, you need prayer. Prayer uh, of laying on of hands. Laying Actually, on hands. Actually, your dogs are really cool. I like your dogs. They're, you know, your dog is cool. Yes. Now you will have more dogs. Puppies are oh. great. Only problem with puppies. I only got one problem with puppies. What's they that? grow up. They grow up. <laughs> <laughs> so and then they become for dogs. our listening audience. Now you know, just yes. in case you know, we're getting a. Um, a Labradoodle. Uh, it is a red colored and his current name is Oliver. And so as a family, we're down to two names because um, he looks like old Scottish dude, right? So it's either Hamish or Maverick. So we got to figure out Hamish or Maverick. What do you think? I don't think you need a dog. Anyway, <laughs> back to, <laughs> was that diplomatic enough for you, brother? Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, so at the end I, of the last segment, we first sure. of all, um, Iran, right? We're watching history being made over there because obviously there's this transition where the people there used to be free before the Ayatollah, before the ideological sort of. Uh, well, they Islam. were relatively the, the yeah. Shah wasn't. They didn't have hijabs, and they didn't have you know they they were literally they were westernized. They're sure. westernized, uh, and now the people they in the have McDonald's are in Iran, literally. literally um, screaming death to Iran, death to the Ayatollah, but the media is not covering that. So President Trump, and you got to give this, you got to give this president credit. Uh, and I know he's got staff around him and he's got uh, um, people advising him, but he's tweeting in Farsi to the Iranian people, encouraging them, supporting them. Brilliant. You know, you think about this, right? The most liked Farsi language tweet ever. Right. Yeah. In the history of Twitter. Which is a long history. Twitter has been around, what, for 207 years, something like that? I forget. <laughs> I All right. They've been that. around for like five years, <laughs> whatever. But the point is, is, is that's brilliant, wouldn't you say? You know, he's yes. clearly saying, look, we need to. Um, someone else mentioned this too. And for our listeners out there, it's amazing how Donald Trump has this habit of um, slamming somebody, something, or something like the Democrats, the Iranians, Soleimani, whatever. And then at the, at the next breath saying, all right, even though you're a loser, let's, let's work together. I'm going to, I'm put my hand out. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal that makes sense. You know, with the Democrats, look, you're doing nothing, but I have an opportunity to deal with immigration here. If you're willing to work with me, I think it's masterful. If you ask me, I wouldn't mind doing a deal with Trump. Maybe he could come to Washington and support my campaign for Congress or something. That'd be Really Can you tight. imagine if Trump showed up for a Trump rally and, and put you up there on the mic and said, I endorse Doug Bassler? I would be, that would be, you know, a highlight of my next to be having you as my best friend. That would be a highlight of my life. And, oh. um, and you and your dog. Um, <laughs> what were the choices again? Hamish or Maverick? Hamish or Maverick. I like spot. So uh, let's Rover. go with that. Rover <laughs> is great. Snoopy. I like Snoopy, you yes. know? But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not wading into that one. Um, so the, the issue with Iran right now, I think comes down to something that all of our listeners really can affect. And that is prayer. We've got to pray this thing through. This is a spiritual battle, you know, politics and, uh, all the things that are, are, you know, areas of, of influence and, and uh, power in this world, on this planet Earth that we're in, we can affect that by going before the greatest, most wonderful, most spectacular, most powerful, most knowledgeable, the wisest, the strongest, the richest guy 
in the universe because he created the universe and the universe can't even contain him. And we can ask him to help and we can ask him for wisdom. And, you know, I, I feel like there's a, you know, we're in need of, and we're starting to see a prayer movement, you know, 20 years ago, there was probably, you know, a hundred uh, prayer rooms that were like a 24 seven kind of mm-hmm. prayer room. Do you know, now there's over 20,000 of them around the world. So there is a prayer movement that's, that's beginning to happen. And, and it, we know our friends, uh, when we pray, it, it softens the ground, it creates the spiritual ground. And then, and therefore the physical ground is softened to the place we can take ground. It has to happen first. We know with Tim Taylor and 24 seven prayer, one church, one day, when we, when we have this ongoing perpetual prayer, seeking the Lord of the universe about certain issues, the, the atmosphere changes so the ministries are more effective that, you know, our intel is more effective, that everything that is natural is supernatural in effect because of putting God first. And so you're absolutely right. And to your point, 20,000 per rooms could be 200,000 per rooms, you know, as we press in and believe and believe for exponential growth, uh, a multiplication of the of loaves and fishes. So, um, and I agree. And I just, but the other thing too, is I encourage people to pray big, you know, pray for Iran to change, pray for Washington state to change, pray for the governor. You know, pray for, pray for uh, the manifestation of God. Let's, let's pray big prayers. You know, we serve a big God, right? You know, we should be praying big stuff, praying for the nations. Exactly right. And pray for specifically as well. We know the sex trafficking is a big deal. We know pornography. We know that um, pedophilia is a huge deal throughout the world, but slavery, there are still millions of people in the world still in slavery in, in, in Islamic countries in, in uh, the Middle East, in uh, Africa. There's still people in bondage in slavery. And we, we talk about civil rights here in America, but we need to be praying that for the eradication of bondage, right? And spiritual bondage and physical bondage. And so those are things that really are things that the God of the universe has to get engaged and then use us to do so. You think? Yeah. Well, uh, I heard they actually have open air slave markets on the streets in the country formerly known as Libya, right? Mm -hmm. What might still be known as Libya, but there's no government. There's no functioning, you know, government. Uh, You know, last week I, I, I went out to um, film some homeless camps with our friend Glenn Mm -hmm. and um, we were talking to a local who had a business right next to this gigantic homeless camp down in Olympia, Washington. And he said, they have a government of sorts. They have a, they have a hierarchy. They have, you know, we were saying, well, we don't want to go in there and film because, well, he says, well, you can go in and ask and you can get permission. They have a government. And I'm like, see, there's, there's always going to be a government. There's always going to be an order. Now, whether it's the law of the jungle, you know, the, the guy with the biggest gun wins or whatever, or a government like America where we, we elect representatives, there's always going to be a government. But guess what? The government is on his shoulders, right? It's on exactly Jesus' right. shoulders. And yep. the key of David and all this stuff, it's, it's his. And so I just want to remind people, you know, yeah, we can look at it. Um, the other day I, I woke up or going to sleep or something anyway, I got him in one of those modes. And I started thinking about all the taxes and all the stuff. And man, I mean, it just, just deflated me. And then I started, I said, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself? I started thinking about how big God is and how wise he is. And I started just to be thankful. What could I thankful for? Man, I get this beautiful 
you know, family. I got this home I can live in. I got a, you know, f- you know, food in the cupboard. I've got, you know, I started to think about all the mm-hmm. blessings. And I mean, the atmosphere just right then changes. And so we want to focus on him who is able to do it, what we're thankful for, and then be willing to, t- to do the hard things, right? When God speaks and says, I want you to run for office, or I want you to, you know, volunteer for this homeless ministry or whatever it is. I want you to tithe. I want you to give. I want you to serve. I want you, whatever it may be. Yes, exactly right. You know, and I just want to circle back for a second. Is in 2016, when I ran statewide in Walla Walla, they had a prime example of that vacuum is created. They had a, a city block. I'm not sure if it's still there or not. If you, our listeners in Walla Walla can let me know. But I remember the, the newspaper was talking about what happened there. They set it aside for the homeless to live. And so people were encamping there and the police left it alone. And what happened is they established their own, like you said, this banana Republic, this, their own government. There was the strongest people there. And then to gain entry, you had to pay some sort of dues, whether you're stealing stuff or whatever, but for protection, many of the women had to, to sell themselves in, in prostitution in order to be safe. They're buying protection. And it was, it was, shocking, but it was like, when you leave something alone like that, allow the, this, this crime to foster, it will establish its, its own form of government, almost like a, a, a band of thieves or whatever. Um, so we can't do that. You know, enforcement of a law is important for the safety of the people involved. It's, it's this whole idea that we can't allow things. It's not more compassionate to allow people to live in poverty and shoot themselves up and do whatever. It's, it's more compassionate to get them the help or tell them they can't do that. And you can't do that in our neighborhood. So anyway, just this little side there that there is a way to get, but it's, it's us getting engaged, us going in versus us washing our hands of it and saying, do what you want to do. You know, we're going to look the other way. That is not love and compassion. So. As we live in our, you know, our neighborhood is fine and stuff like that. Right. But what about the people that are, you know, there? Yeah. So it was interesting. So the, the same fellow that came out and was, you know, he was kind of looking at us like, what are you doing? Because we were flying a drone over it and we were, you know, had some gear. And he's like, well, what, what are you doing? And so we told him what we were doing. And then he was kind of looking skeptical. And so he says, well, what's your message? And, and uh, he was talking to Glenn and I said, uh, I kind of intervened. I said, we're against it. We're against this. Oh, he just brightened up and just cheered right up. And oh, good. Oh, right. I thought you guys might be those liberals coming down here to try to get them some blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, whatever. So, um, you know, the people that experience it day to day, live by it, et cetera, they recognize that this is not good. It's not good for business. It's not good for them. It's not good for our families. And, um, you know, we want the prodigals to come home. Again, it's, it's time to pray and then hear. And, you know, we, I think we just have a desperate need right now for that prophetic word where the Lord can speak to us individually, corporately, and give us the real strategies from heaven to affect these, these very real problems. And, and I think the Lord's actually doing it to us, right? He's letting us see the tragedy of trying to run the world without him. Right? We can't do it. We've got to have, you know, God's law. We've got to have God's grace. We've got to have God's provision, his, his blessing. And then maybe we can start to run the world right as we are people under, under his authority, right? Exactly right. Yep. 
And after the break, I want to talk about two major things we have to watch out for when we're dealing with this stuff. Um, that you know, it's really, really important in the world we're in, where we have so many blessings, and yet we have such abject sort of misery right beside us. Uh, let's talk about it after the break. When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the U.S., I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now, I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me, and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. It's round three, Doug and Marty versus the world. Amazing how time flies when you're having fun. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Welcome back to the show on Doug and Marty versus the world. As Doug said, um, it does fly. And as, as I mentioned at the end of the last segment, um, that there are things we have to watch out for. I think in, in as blessed as we are, and in the economy is going great because of great policy, we can get sort of in our bubble. The one thing we have to watch out for is not getting numb. The whole special about Seattle's dying was the, the idea that we can see abject misery, people shooting themselves up and walk right by it and be numb to it. We cannot be that way. As compassionate people, we understand that we can't contribute to allowing that to fester and, and be a way of life. That's just not. And, and the other part is I saw an article this week, Then many of our listeners will probably relate to this, but they were talking about why this attraction for many of our younger Millennials, Gen Z are so attracted to socialism and how they think that, you know, that we don't have prosperity, that we aren't in the richest nation in the world. And that article posed a thought, it says they don't know any different. They don't have anything to compare it to. Oftentimes we appreciate what we have because we realize what we don't have. We, we see the difference. When this generation has been raised, when they have everything, there is, they have, there is no wants. Um, they start seeing it as if it's not, as if, if, if we're in poverty, as we're this evil nation, that's whatever. And it, it, I don't want, I don't desire them to see the other side. 
the sign of socialism, the starvation, the, the whatever. And yet sometimes, sometimes we have to know what it's like not to have to appreciate what we do have, don't you think? Yeah, it's like my son says, we got to get cold once in a while so we can appreciate the 99% of the time when we're warm. Right. right. But I, 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 funny because I was thinking about that this morning myself. I'm like, it's not, um, you know, the Communist Party back in 1958 uh, of America had, you know, revealed their plan to, you know, take over America. And I, there was like 49 things and 48 of them have been done. But one of them was they were going to teach socialism in the schools. They were going to teach it favorably to the children. And so when you have all of these Gen Z, Gen Y, uh, you know, people that are, have a favorable opinion toward it is because they were around since the, the Iron Curtain dropped. And so the only, you know, socialist situations that we see are Europe, which is, you know, drowning in debt and mm-hmm. you know, they keep bailing each other out and it's just kind of like putting it off to another day, right? Their day of reckoning with Greece or Italy. But um, and then you see Venezuela, but oh, that's different because obviously America made them fall because we you know we're trying to show socialism is bad. I mean, it's interesting, right? Right. But, but when we were we were kids, we saw what it was like behind the Iron Curtain, right? We saw the killing fields. We saw, uh, you know, the what happened when we pulled out of Cambodia, right? And you had these mm-hmm. mass, you know, millions of people being murdered. We saw uh, World War Two with uh, the, the uh, attempted extermination of the Jewish people, the mm-hmm. Holocaust, they call it. And, um, you know, that's what, that's what totalitarian gives you. So if you take away the checks and balances, like we said, if the police pull out of that certain four block area down in, in Walla Walla, mm-hmm. then you get an enforcement of evil, an enforcement of sin, you know, prostitution and trafficking and drugs and, and all this kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's godless. And what we want is we want a society and we want a culture where the Lord is welcome. You know, let's, let's welcome him in. Let's stop being afraid. You know, Jesus said some pretty stunning things. He said, if you're ashamed of me and my words in this sinful and adulterous mm-hmm. generation, gee, does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to be ashamed of you. And, you know, he's going to say on that day, you know, when he separates the sheep and the goats, he's going to say, the goats depart from me. I never knew you. I didn't know you. And so it takes a little effort to know him. It takes a little bit of, you know, like, hey, one of the tests that he gave uh, Israel when they came out of Egypt was the test of manna, right? Mm -hmm. Every day they had to get up and get some manna, right? Except on Saturday, they Friday, they were supposed to get a double portion and not do it on Saturday, right? Take the the day off. But even that was a test even testing them there. Mm-hmm. Like, will you not do it this day and trust that I'll give you enough on Friday? So um, I think we still have a manna test today. Will we get up? Will we seek the Lord? Will we look for that food? That's that spiritual food that we need from him today, right? Will we get up and read our Bible? Will we get up and spend some time? Even if it's just, you know, a small amount of time. And uh, you know what, what I found? It's kind of like the new year's resolution thing, right? Once you start to exercise, you start to like it. Right. Mm-hmm. You start to go longer. You start to go more often because it's like, oh, I'm really seeing the benefits here. Same with spiritual exercises, such as reading your Bible, praying. You know, God's not boring. You no, know, no. a lot of people, prayer is boring. Reading the Bible is boring. No, it's not. You're boring. If well, you think, think about God, a spiritual discipline, boring. right, as you're talking about fasting, fasting is something that you draw. Oh, now you had to, to go right? there, didn't you? Well, I'm just saying is. <laughs> 
you think about it, like, I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to give up. But when you do, you truly do get a clearer mind. You truly do have some health benefits, but you truly do uh, focus on the Lord. And so there's, there's this thing about um, submitting or um, sacrificing something, whether it be a tithe, whether it be a fast, whether it be, like you said, obedience, um, that really is good for us. And I think that's part of what I was talking about too, is um, I think we're so, and, and we're guilty as well as parents. We want to give our kids everything we didn't have. And I saw a thing the other day, it says, instead of giving them everything you never had, teach them all the things you wanted to know, right? Because the skills and, the, and talents and the things, you, you know, I think, and we've talked about that too, how we've got a generation of people that really don't know how to build things or make things or whatever. Uh, and so there's definitely a shift that I think has to be sort of melded together. And all of us engaged, seeking the Lord, um, but also society getting engaged, saying, look, we understand you, you haven't had a lack. We don't want you to have lack, but we need to appreciate what we have. And appreciation, like you started off the segment with, about being thankful for things you have. Part of that is because you've been there in time when you didn't have those things. When you didn't have peace, when you didn't have your family around you, when you didn't have the resources to put a uh, roof over your head or buy food. And so it, it's come, it's perspective, right? And, and um, how do we impart that? You know, I, I was, I've been reading in numbers lately, which is, a, you know, kind of a tough book to read because it's got, you know, it's kind of heavy duty on the, the tabernacle and the law and the things like that. But what I noticed in there that I thought was really, really interesting was when they assigned people their place, they knew what their place was and then they had the responsibility for that. So you take like the Levites, you have a lot of Levites mm-hmm. and this certain family Kohathites or whatever, they're in charge of this little, this portion, they do the floorboards and they do this and that. I mean, you know, those floors were going to look good, right? Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's their floor. That's my floor. And that's, you know, the, the other people are doing like these curtains and these different things. And like that, that's yours. You have to get it down when it's time to move, set it up. You have to maintain it, take care of it. You know, that's, that's really the benefit of, of, you know, what we call ownership, right? So when you mm-hmm. have ownership, you give your kids, uh, you give your employees, you give your, your uh, church folks, whatever, ownership over certain things. And then just look at the, the results. Like, are you proud of those results? Are these the results that, that you would want? And uh, I think that that's why the American system has worked so well is because private property, private ownership. You, when you're making the payments on that pickup, Marty, mm-hmm. and you got to make the payment every month or whatever, you to pay the note, so to speak. You're not running the, the, you know, you're not running it too hard. You're making sure the oil is right. The tires are good. You know, it's your, you're taking care it's of your it. property. Right. Right. It's, your, it's your truck and it's not going to last very long if you, if you run it too hard or you don't, don't maintain it or whatever. So that, that uh, socialism takes to, to have the government own everything and then just give, you know, just kind of take you and everybody has like this subsistence thing and they think, well, that's going to be great because I don't have to work if I don't want to or whatever. But you know, there's joy in work. There's joy in, in, in getting in and doing things and and, uh, you know, becoming the thing that God's created you to be. And that's why God loves America, because it's, it's given us the opportunity to do the will of God as we understand it. As he, and to, to have that relationship with him where you don't have some priest or somebody saying, you know, this, that and the other thing. And it doesn't doesn't 
uh, matter to my life, right? But this, this Bible, this prayer time, this time, this relationship with the Lord where this matters in my life, and he can start talking to you about going into politics, running for office, doing street ministry, starting a band, doing a radio thing, whatever it is that he's, you know, laying on your heart, my heart, whatever. And, and then, then he's like, okay, well, you know what? I know the voice of the Lord and he's saying that. So I'm going to do that. So let's do that. And we just learn uh, through practice to obey God and then take ownership of that thing. You know, he's given us, you and I, Doug and Marty versus the world on the ACN network. We take stewardship of that thing. We take care of it. He's not going to do it for me. I got to show up with you on the microphone and the headphones and we got to do the show. Exactly right. Uh, you know, there's so many ways and so many opportunities, but I, we're going to talk more, obviously, next time. But right now, I want to encourage people coming up on Tuesday is the March for Life in Olympia. You know, what does the march do? It, it shows a, a show of force. We know that when thousands of people show up in Olympia, our legislators listen for a time. And I say that for a time because last year, Thousands of mothers and people showed up and said, we don't want the government doing home visits for, ba- for babies up to five years old. This a whole idea of the big governments after. They're bringing it back again this year. So be vigilant, be praying, be engaged, but understanding that My Family, My Choice, check it out on, online as well. We'll give you information. But the same bill that was defeated last year uh, is now being brought up again because they, they know we're not paying attention, but we are. Same thing with taxes. Uh, they're immediately now asking the Supreme Court in our state to allow them to input a income tax, which we've defeated by popular vote like eight times. And so th- this right now really uh, is important for all of us as believers, as citizens, as Washingtonians, that this matters to you and your family and the generations to come. But the fight is now. We have a 60-day session that we're just uh, one week into already. And what they're doing? More burdens, more government. Predictions. Do you think they're going to go after more taxes after the insane $27 billion in tax they did last year? Are they going to say, oh, election year, maybe we should maybe take it a little easier? They're not supposed to in the mid-year, but they can't help themselves. They're already saying they're coming out for, for more taxes, miles per travel, um, the idea here for an income tax, you name it. They're pushing for it and setting up either for this year or for next year. Watch so, your wallet. Uh, earlier this week, just for fun, I sent an email to my my two House members and my senator, and I just said, I respect if, respectfully ask a request that you would give us our $30 car tabs. And that was just that email. And I signed my name, put my address. They knew I was in their district and uh, you know, something we can do. Everybody can, not everybody can do everything, but everybody can do something. We'll be back after the break. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. Hi, this is Doug Bassler, candidate for U.S. Congress in Washington's 9th Congressional District. We're facing some of the biggest challenges of our lifetime and possibly in our nation's history. 
It's more important now than ever that we all stand up for our Christian values and heritage. Our values have created freedom and liberty previously unseen in the world. And now what used to be fringe elements are becoming mainstream and are threatening our religious freedoms. I'm committed to fight for our First Amendment rights, really for all of our God-given rights, and to represent us faithfully in Washington, D.C., and I can use your help. Would you consider going to my website, dougbassler.com, and making a financial donation of any size? It will be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you in advance for all you do. I'm Doug Bassler, and I approve this message. Paid for by friends of Doug Bassler. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. There it is, the saddest sound in radio, four bells, and uh, the fourth and final round, Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Four bells, two weeks in, 50 weeks to go for the year. We have lots of opportunity to do it by week by week. Um, But really, the next 50 days or so from the session, let's say you have a special session this year, watch out, be engaged, even if you focus... um, on other things, the elections, the 2020 elections as we go forward throughout the year, the next 45 days plus, next month and a half, be watching Olympia, uh, be ready to come down there and rally to call and email as Doug said. It's really important. We've heard over and over again, for every letter they get, um, they equate it to 200 voters. And we know that there's about 70,000 voters per ledge district. And so if they get, um, couple hundred letters on any one subject, it is going to move the needle. So it's important that even if you can make a phone call, call the switchboard. If you show up, it's even better. If you testify, it's even greater. But really, an email or a letter to your uh, legislator is going to go a long way. So, and then of course, support those candidates out there. They're running to replace them this year. So we, we can actually bring back a correction. That's the way we really voice our concern about the direction this government, this one party rule over the last 40 years in our state has really done. Um, so in, in spite of a growing and, and um, booming economy and these tech giants right here in the community, we've got real issues and a lot of them are created by the people in, in power uh, or people that we have been elected. So um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things to pay attention to. That's why we listen, why we talk on the show and kind of point out the highlights. Like I said, in the last segment, you know, this, this home child visit thing is egregious. There's a lot of other things to look out for. Well, they're also, also uh, bringing back a, a sex ed bill, yep. you know, to, a to, sex ed to bill. try they're to like also, normalize same sex marriage, normalize transgenderism. There I mean, are ultimately, five bills to, yep. uh, to basically uh, restrain your gun rights, to infringe upon them. Um, there are, there's things about um, making a um, requirement to have training and something else to get your concealed carry, which I have, but it's, they're changing the rules to make it just more of a hassle, more of a cost to exercise your constitutional right, your God given rights, where the government's supposed to protect to. 
And yet we have to pay a permit fee or a licensee fee or a registration fee for just about everything we do in life. And that is not free. We need to be more free, not less free. And so many of these bills are designed to whatever their intention was, makes us less free. So we have to be very vigilant on that and play our part. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I got an email from our friend Orrin Wells uh, earlier this week and talking about the necessity for candidates to step up. And so we have um, every single House seat in every one of the 49 districts across Washington State is up for election this year. And you don't want to wait until May to, to, you know, filing week to jump in. It's time to jump in now. You can get your, get your PDC filing done. You can start to raise money. You can start doorbelling. You know, I mean, if you, if you started doorbelling like, you know, February, January, um, you could really almost doorbell an entire district. And, you know, if you're, if you're diligent and you're out there, you know, two, three times a week or whatever, just hit a precinct and go talk to people and let them know, you know, why, you think it's a good idea for to elect you to go to the state legislature. And, um, you know, it's time for Christians to step up and do their duty as, as Americans and be the government. We are the government. This government is, is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And so if it's of us, it means that we need to do it. And uh, just don't believe the press releases and all the you know, all the hullabaloo that you got to be an attorney or you got to be, you know, you don't have the experience and things like that. Exactly right. You can, you couldn't be less experienced and less, more ridiculous than what's going on right now. The government greed, as uh, Phil Fortunato calls it, the government greed is ridiculous. It's like, you got to raise, you know, like you said, they're already, they got to have mileage. They got to have this, got to have that. Is it because there's not enough money? I don't think so. The budget is ridiculously big. It's, it's pockets being lined. We had 800 million surplus last budget cycle. They still raised taxes by 27 billion. And yet they go in, I'm saying they, the political left, the Democrats right now that are in charge are wanting more money. That's at the state level and the national level. Um, luckily, you know, at this point in time, we have the Senate, this Republican controlled, but we're still spending more money, even with the, our president and Senate. Uh, and put it, getting more debt. So we have to be very careful, but we also need to have some fiscal responsibility when it comes to uh, our money. We went from a $32 billion budget just three uh, elections ago to over a $50 billion biannual budget. And it's going to be like a $52 billion one by next year. It's just insane. And then what, do you, what are we getting for the taxes we're paying? And the bottom line is, is, is as, as citizens, we should have safe neighborhoods. We should have a police force. We should have uh, roads that we can drive on. And yet that we've seen that it's political favors. It is um, wasted boondoggle projects. We, we definitely need a top-down reform across our state to change the focus from being self-preservation to actually doing the will of the people. You know, is this necessary? If it is, can we do it in a more efficient way? If we can't, is there a private uh, business or industry that can do it cheaper and better for the citizens of the state. Um, but we don't think that way. We think about, okay, well, how do we defend or grow or justify an increased budget for next year? So that certainly has to change. And of course, um, we'd be remiss if not talking about uh, a friend of ours. Um, so the, the saga for Matt Shea still goes on. 
still not getting due process, still not in caucus. He's got, he doesn't even have a, um, he's got a space in Olympia, volunteers helping out. This is what they did to another friend of ours um, down there that um, basically they're at a standstill, you know, uh, and, and right now we're, we look, we want due process. We want, there's accusations just like at the national level. The match should have a chance to defend himself. The bottom line is, is, is we support him. Um, but taking away his, his committees, taking away his caucus, uh, making him stand alone may make him stronger in the long run. But um, it, it's interesting how we as a caucus, I'm saying in Washington State, how we're not coming together. I know the Jesse called for a unity there, but yet we kind of eat our own. We see at the national level where Mitt Romney uh, has already said that he wants to call witnesses and, and do stuff, basically stabbing the president in the back. Um, that's one thing the political app does better than we do. And in general is stay together. The, um, the board mentality, the, the high mentality, we like our independence, but still there's things when we should have each other's back, we'll go to battle. Don't you think? Yes. And again, I, you know, I believe the Lord wants to do something really amazing in, in the world of politics. And if we will overwhelm, the, the political elected political offices that are open with Christian candidates, we will begin to see a, a flood, a tide of morality, a tide of, of cleanness that, I, that it will wash in the state. And, you know, it's, you know, we've got to, we've got to do like Isaiah did, you know, Isaiah got a revelation about this. And mm-hmm. what did he say? He said, here I am, send me. Right. And so it's, we've got to stop saying here I am, you know, I'm Heidi or I'm Heidi, you know, here I am sin Doug. Yeah. In, in, right. in, um, in Genesis, when Adam sinned, he hid from God. Right. And he said, mm-hmm. and, and God said, Adam, where are you? You know, when, when God asks you a question, he's not looking for information. He already knew where Adam was. He needed Adam to know where he was. So are we like Adam? Are we hiding over here somewhere trying to keep our head down until the thing blows over? It's not going to blow over. This thing is not going to blow over. This thing is, this is, this battle's engaged. This is for the future of our kids, our grandkids. This is for the future of, of the state and for the nation. And we've got to be willing to take up our cross and get in. Now, you and I both know that running can be challenging, but it's generally speaking, pretty darn fun. If, if you're an outgoing person, if you're a person who, who uh, enjoys meeting people and, and just you know, I mean, if you're painfully shy and stuff like that, okay, I get that. Maybe you want to be, instead of being a candidate, you might want to be work some other way in a campaign. But there's a lot of people I know that make great candidates and not everybody's going to win, you know, but we, we, we lose a hundred percent of the battles we don't fight. We lose them by default. Exactly right. And I'll share this with our audience as well. My first time I ran for office, I was scared to death to speak in public right? You get up there and you're just like, ah, but the, the realization that is not about you, you are willing to step out and fight for your neighbors, fight for your family, fight for the state. It changes everything. And then it's fun. It's fun to talk about the issues. It's fun to debate the issues. The best part of politics is, is having a forum where people can share different solutions, different ideas, and people can go, hey, I like a piece of that and a piece of that and come to a conclusion versus you know, that's a bad person and so forth. So, but yeah, as Doug was saying, encourage you, no matter if you're afraid of the public speaking or not, it's an opportunity to champion your neighbors, your family, this state, and we need you. 
Yeah. And, you know, and our courage encourages other people. So let's say you step up to run and all of a sudden you've got other people going, well, if that goofball can do it, right. which what they say when they look at me, and oh, that goofball can run, I could run. And so that's been the most exciting part of being a candidate is watching other people step up. And guess what? Other people have stepped up and they've got elected to things. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Uh, maybe they would have run on their own, but I think a lot of it was just, they saw people like you and me and went, Hey, if those guys can do it, I can do it too. And so, um, just want to encourage people, you know, uh, go to God, find out what God wants you to do. I mean, he, God still speaks, you know, it says, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that what proceeds from the mouth of God, not proceeded, not just the old stuff, but there's a new fresh proceeding word that comes from God. And it could be, he's got something special for you for 2020. Indeed, indeed. Uh, pray, talk about your opportunity to pray for others, those in leadership. But uh, we have a lot going on right now. So pray about getting engaged, about doing your part, about praying for those, and then, and then actually taking that prayer and the guidance and putting it into action to make a difference. Amen. Well, we'll see you next week. Doug and Marty versus the world. Bye-bye.